Sister Madiha Ansari. So Sister Madiha, mashallah, is a freelance writer and performer, community arts producer and social media creative change maker with a special interest in developing South Asian engagement towards the arts in West Yorkshire. She is the founder of the Cultural uh, Ecology Project, which aims to develop mentorship pathways for BAME female artists. SubhanAllah. Sister Madiha's uh, talk is entitled Working in the Arts as a Muslim Woman. I'm so interested in this. I can't wait to hear this. Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sister Madiha. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much. Um, hi to everybody who's listening. So yes, just as a quick introduction, thank you um, for saying those kind words. But uh, yes, I have uh, founded the Cultural Ecology Project which is mainly made to support, showcase, and create mentorship pathways for BAME female artists. Um, I have an uh, academic background in science, and I really support STEM education. But as life went on, I realized that my real true calling was in the arts. And I feel like uh, the, the narrative of our community at the moment, especially um, the, the narrative of women, uh, women generally, but definitely uh, South Asian Muslim women, it's there is no narrative sometimes because uh, those stories are not told uh, those women don't have voices and the ones that do have voices are so rare and can't, we, we can't always relate to them so for example in media when we hear stories whether you know in books or um, in television series in theater uh, in film uh, we don't i've i've always found it really frustrating that i've never seen someone like me so there's never characters that I can relate to. And uh, my story's never been told. Um, so I was like, well, what do we do? And then, and the easiest answer was you tell your stories yourself. You know, you have to empower yourself to uh, write and tell those stories yourself. So, okay, so I'll tell you the three things that I changed about myself um, that I think have really led me to, honestly, today I can say I'm living the, my best life. Um, and I suppose, uh, that's the aim, isn't it? We, we all want to be living our best lives. So I am also a divorced um, single mom. I wouldn't say I'm a single mom uh, because I have a very, very positive co-parenting relationship with my ex-husband, with the children's dad. So the first thing that I did on my journey in my professional life was actually connected to my personal life. And that was as a mother, I learned to let my children go. Um, and what I mean, you might be wondering how that's connected to sort of my career and professionalism. But I think as mothers, we always um, feel like our first responsibility um, and our first commitment should be towards our family. And it's absolutely true. I believe that as well as the other mothers out there. We, we know what a huge role a mother can play in a child's life. Sometimes we think it's a barrier, you know, a barrier to, to sort of, our opportunities and what we can achieve, especially on the professional front. So as a divorcee, the first thing I learned to do was let my children go. And so I learned to do the best that I could. But then when they, for example, when they went to their dad's house, 
I learned to stop worrying about them, learn to stop being anxious, uh, learn to really, uh, you know, you, you have to uh, just uh, trust that Allah, Allah will take care of all of that. And I think that empowered me more than anything has empowered me to then continue my path in my career. Um, and I was able to give myself more time to read and write. And obviously that has definitely contributed to my career within the arts. Going back to what I said earlier about, you know, uh, really telling our stories. The only way that art can be beneficial to us is if we are telling stories that are honest, that are true, that are going to contribute to some sort of a positive social change. So yeah, so letting my children go, which I know when you hear it first, it sounds a bit negative, but I think you've understood the context of that now. Um, I think the second thing was um, I really learned to control my mind. And uh, one of the things that I learned to do was stop letting what, you know, other people's words affect how I thought about myself and how I saw the world. So I, I kind of, you know, we spend our childhoods learning, but I had to unlearn everything that I had learned and start afresh and, you know, teach myself to see the world in a completely different way. So stop letting people affect your mind because when, when you, people's words and when people's expectations, their stereotypes, their, their projections on you, when they start affecting you mentally, you're not free anymore, you know? Um, and I think for me as a, as a woman, freedom is the most important thing. And then fear. I just stopped being scared. I stopped being scared. I felt like I'm on my own. So I've, I've been to university for seven years. I still didn't graduate because I couldn't find the degree that was suiting me. So um, I studied medicine. Um, I studied linguistics. I studied psychology. And I trained to be a teacher in the end. But I still never found my path. So on that front, on paper, it seemed like I had completely lost everything. But when I told myself to stop being scared, I just couldn't find my path. I didn't know where I was supposed to be. Um, I realized the only thing that was holding me back was fear. And when I stopped being scared, I felt invincible. Because if you say to the world, come at me, I'm not scared of you. That's it. Then think nothing can harm you. Um, of course, I don't mean stop being scared of Allah because yes, of course, you know, that, that is a completely different context. But yeah, so those few things, let, let, I let my children go. So I, I freed myself mentally as a mother uh, when they weren't with me. I stopped being scared and I stopped letting other people's words control me, uh, which led me to my freedom. That allowed me to then really, really say yes to the opportunities that I would otherwise not be able to say yes to. So um, I know my, my, I feel like my talk has got nothing to do with uh, a Muslim woman's career in the arts, but I really think that it's important to access those parts of your mind. All of these things you won't be able to see on my CV, but these things have contributed more than anything else, more than my school or my university education or, you know, my, my uh, professional education. I think these three, you know, being able to learn to control who I am and how I see the world has really shaped me as an arts practitioner. I'd just like to tell you about some of the work that I've been involved in. And MEND has been a really, really big part of that because I was an engagement manager for a play called The Trojan Horse. Some of you might have seen it because we've toured across 25 cities, right from Glasgow to Exeter, from Liverpool to Newcastle and all the cities in between. So um, we were on tour in October and November 
and then uh, again in January and February and hopefully inshallah we might be going back on tour next year. Uh, so the Trojan Horse is based on the uh, story of the Trojan Horse inquiries that took place in Birmingham in 2014-15 time and of course it's the story of a Muslim community, the minority community in the Alam Rock area of Birmingham who were subjected to unfair treatment uh, and which was definitely driven uh, in the roots by Islamophobia. And my role uh, within theatre, within that theatre show, within that play, I, I am a performer, but I wasn't acting this time. I was the engagement manager, and my job was to try and engage as many South Asian community members, audiences, to come and watch the show. Um, and I think it's really important for a play like Trojan Horse, which was not just unraveling the truth of what actually happened and debunking what we saw in the media and, you know, the unfair uh, reporting by mainstream media, uh, which led to a very, very negative narrative of that community, which, was, which I'm sure all of you know who know about the Trojan Horse inquiries. It wasn't true. It was, you know, the implications made by media about the teachers' undue religious influence on students within that school. The news was very exaggerated and the narratives in the media were not true to what actually happened. The play gives a pathway for people to hear from the mouths of the people that were actually involved in it because it's a piece of verbatim theatre. So everything that you hear on screen is something that somebody has actually said. But also, as well as unraveling the truth, it gave us an opportunity to continue that conversation. So we often believe what's been fed to us by mainstream media, but we, we don't develop within our communities and with, within our youth the ability to critically think and to question what we've been told. And I think through my work within the arts, especially with Trojan Horse, we have been able to teach people, teach young people to question what has been portrayed to us as the truth. And for me, art has to question the status quo, end of. And through my role as the engagement manager with the Trojan Horse, uh, which was, by the way, produced and written by Lung Theatre. And also, um, I don't know if some of, some of you might be aware, but the whole play was translated into Urdu, which we recorded, available via Bluetooth headset. I'm so, so uh, proud and I was so honoured to be the, the voice actress on the Urdu translation, uh, which meant that the play could be accessed by a much wider community. So a community, whether it's our Muslim uh, community, our South Asian community, when I say South Asian, I, um, I also include, you know, the Sikh, the Hindu, uh, the not, you know, all the other non-Muslim denominations. Then there's other communities that do not access the arts. Arts is accessed on a very class basis. I'm sure you'll, you'll be aware. It's completely unfair, but it, it is. Um, and I think it was important for us to reach out into those communities, make the play accessible and invite people to come and watch the play so that they could be shown the truth. Just telling you, uh, just, just two anecdotes before I finish. Uh, we performed the play Trojan Horse, which by the way, please go and Google it, in Newcastle to a completely, I would say, middle-class, middle-aged, uh, white audience, uh, which was such a pleasure. And at the end of the play, um, an elderly, very respectable looking, you know, your head teacher type looking lady. I know I'm being so stereotypical here, but uh, I don't know how else to say. She came and she held my hand and she had tears in her eyes. She was non-Muslim. She had tears in her eyes and she just said, thank you so much. I feel so ashamed. And I think that's why we do what we're doing. The narrative that she has in her head about the Muslim community was changed through the arts. So I think it's really, really 
really important. Um, another thing that happened was um, I spoke to a, a group of Muslim mothers in Leicester uh, at a community center. And uh, Leicester is so close to Birmingham. And this was a Muslim mums group. And they had no idea about the Trojan Horse Inquiries. And it's because they don't access English. And it's so important, you know, the accessibility, the lack of accessibility to news uh, for some communities can lead to um, obviously ignorance and that's what we want to try and combat but thank you so much it's such a pleasure and I have to say a big big thank you to MEND because uh, they were our supporters and they have endorsed the whole Trojan Horse play right from the beginning to the end and some of the brothers and sisters that I met and had the opportunity to have on our panels uh, after the plays has been such an honor. Jazakallah, Sister Madiha. It's so nice to share this experience, to share your energy. I love it, mashallah. It's so refreshing. Alhamdulillah, the Trojan horse thing that you did, absolutely magnificent. Really, really good work there as well. And what you said, just continuing that narrative, but a truthful narrative. Uh, and the, the way that you portrayed the play, like you said, it was the, the words of the actual people that lived through it so um i know it was a very powerful play my question to you um oh what do you do with the all those sisters that have a slight streak of i want to act and be on the stage and <laughs> not really that, that actually isn't my question <laughs> I, I would say make your own stage at home get a microphone no uh my question to you sister is so creative arts you know is very healing as well and i find writing for example journaling these sort of things uh, are a form of therapy as well is there a way we can take that one step further if anyone's like interested in that angle yeah absolutely um obviously there's so many free ways to publish what you're writing so uh, through your social media channels and blogging uh but um there are ways of being involved in the arts that adhere to your uh, moral and religious values. Yeah. There's no excuses. So if you're motivated and just remember, um, yes, we all have so much to learn and we should write and practice and all of that. But you as women, you are enough today. Just yeah. remember that. Alhamdulillah. Um, that was one of my things, you know, for uh, those who are, you know, practicing or, you know, may not agree with the whole acting thing but I think like you said the creativity can come in so many beautiful ways mashallah, and what you're doing is absolutely incredible um, on that note I'm going to say Jazakallah Muslim Voices